Check this out, y'all. Audio level full volume. It's your time. This is Border to Border with Matt Josephs. He's super famous. This guy's a fraud, a phony. I respect women. I love women. I respect them so much that I completely stay away from them. Matt, your manliness is overwhelming. Sports, 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 sports. Audio level full volume. It's go time. Here's Matt Josephs on Richmond's 1061 ESPN. Good afternoon, everybody. Border to border on a Monday here in the capital city. Matt Joseph's here taking up to 4 o'clock before pregame coverage of uh, Major League Baseball's doubleheader. Uh, game 6 between the Phillies and the Diamondbacks starting at 5.0, I don't know, 7, 5.08. So we'll have the pregame and then we'll take you out to Game 7 between the Rangers and the Astros. And uh, Max, Scher- Max Scherzer's pitching tonight. Good luck. Good luck with that one. I think Max Scherzer is well past washed up. I say, I mean, he's a really good pitcher, but I think Father Time is just undefeated. And when you rely heavily on a fastball, which Max does, and obviously there's more to it, I understand, but he's 39 and Father Time never loses. It doesn't matter how good you are. Um, so we'll see how long he goes. But there's a game seven tonight, and then hopefully not. A game seven tomorrow. Hopefully we're getting ready for the World Series. Um, but we'll see what happens. We'll talk a little baseball later on in the show. But you know how we do it on a Monday. Uh, 327-0888. That is the phone number. That is the text line. 804 is the area code here. And um, no guests today. Uh, programming note. No show tomorrow. We're heading down to Charlotte. Wednesday, we are going to be live from ACC Media Day for basketball. The basketball edition. And let me tell you, folks. They loaded me up. They loaded me up. And we're going to most likely be on 3 to 6. Bob may be on a little bit from 5 until 6. We're still trying to work things out. But we have uh, three from the UVA contingent, Reese Beekman, Ryan Dunn, Tony Bennett. We have three from the Virginia Tech contingent, uh, Mike Young, Sean Padula, and Michael Poteet. We got Armando Baycott. We got Jim Laranega. We got Judah Mintz, one of the most underrated guards in the conference. We got... My guy, Adrian Autry, who I might just stand there and give a standing ovation to the moment he shows up. We got Jeremy Roach from Duke. Usually we never get anybody from Duke. Uh, And then we've got uh, somebody from Notre Dame and we've got somebody from Pittsburgh. Those interviews may not make it to the air, though. Just saying. Just going to be honest. I don't know how many people care about Pitt basketball and Notre Dame basketball, but they loaded us up, so you'll want to stay tuned. Uh, 3 to 6 here on 1061 ESPN. Wednesdays, we get you set for ACC basketball, and of course, anything we don't play, you will hear it uh, throughout, either on Thursday or you'll hear it as we go through. Uh, so, Wednesday, ACC basketball takes uh, center stage. Uh, all right, we'll do some college football. Obviously, it was a great weekend for pretty much everybody. Uh, it was a great weekend uh, for Virginia, a great weekend for Virginia Tech. They didn't lose. A great weekend for Richmond. Another victory as they, uh, you know, their goals are still in place. And now they've got two of their final three at home. Unfortunately, William & Mary loses. Um, uh, hampton Sydney fell to Washington and Lee. Randolph-Macon destroyed another opponent. Uh, Union 7-1. and And State is also 7-1. and So uh, a lot of good football being played in the area. But you know where we go. And you know where we start on, uh, on a Monday and I feel like I could just play the show from two weeks ago, Friday, the show we did after the Commanders lost to the Bears. I feel like I could just play that first segment over and over again because it's the same thing that I had complained then that I had to complain about now. And it's the same issues as always. And I saw Chris Russell going through this. The first thing that I had a massive problem with was 
the the run pass balance. 42 pass attempts by Sam Howell. He had two rushes. They weren't called rushes. And then he had six sacks. So that is 50 times, potentially, that he dropped back to pass. 50 times to just 17 rushes. Seven by Chris Rodriguez, eight by Brian Robinson, two by Antonio Gibson. That is a disgrace. The only way you should ever see a 50 to 17 disparity like that is if the game is 28-10, you're throwing to get back in the game. It was 14-7 entering the fourth quarter. 14-7 entering the fourth quarter. You can't live that way. You cannot live that way if you're the commanders. You just cannot do that. You have the you have a ter- a horrific offensive line. What is it I saw? That Sam Howell's on pace for like 96 sacks this season, which is insanity. And, you know, we talked about it last week. In that, in that Falcons game, there was a real good balance. And you thought that maybe uh, Eric Bieniemy was going to turn things around a little bit in terms of his play calling. And he didn't. And it's just, it's not doing Sam Howell right. It's not doing Sam Howell right. And do I think I know what we have in Sam Howell yet? No. I think that Sam Howell does some good things. I think Sam Howell has no time. I think Sam Howell is being put in a bad situation. Do I think that Jacoby Brissett should be starting? No. No. I don't think Jacoby Brissett should be starting either way. If this season goes downhill, you need Sam Howell to finish things out. Like The only way Jacoby Brissett should ever see the field is if Sam Howell is injured. You're either in the playoff hunt because of Sam Howell, or you're out of the playoff hunt and you still need to see what you have in Sam Howell. And right now, you need to keep seeing what you have in him because I don't know if he's the future. I wouldn't say he's the future. I would say he is good enough right now. But I need to see more from him. Um, So that's number one. Number two, the defense. I mean, let's be honest here. This defense is was awful in the beginning. Awful. If you look what happens in the start of that game, the Giants go three and out the first drive. They they go nine plays, 66 yards, and they miss a field goal the second drive. Third drive, a punt on a three and out. And then this defense has the audacity to give up an eight-play, 98-yard drive for a touchdown. To the Giants, who hadn't scored a touchdown since week three, I want to say. An offensive touchdown since week three. Then they force a three and out, and then they give up another touchdown. It's 14-0 in the second quarter. I said it all along, and I'm not It's I'm not going to ever change. Jack Del Rio should be fired. Should have been fired. This should be, this, this is, this is, there's no reason to keep Jack Del Rio still there. I'm over the fact they're not going to, they're not going to can Ron. Ron looks checked out. There was the what was it? There was the one play where they got a delay a game, and he <clears throat> excuse me he didn't call timeout. And you're like, what are you doing? It was like it was on a third down, and you're just sitting there. You're like, there it is, third and five on the thirty with like eight fourteen left in the first half. Delay a game. Like use a timeout. What are you like? What are you doing? Like, the good coaches know to use timeout. And Ron Rivera's just sitting there. He's got that same stoic face that you love when you have a good team, but when you're bad, you 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 hate it. And I'm, I'm over the fact, like, they're not firing him. They're not. 
They're just not going to... Here's my thing about the NFL. Like, okay, I understand that maybe in the NBA, maybe in Major League Baseball, you can have a gap year. The NBA is 82 games. Your stars, you're like, if you want to improve your your B and C level stars in your team, okay, I can understand that if you're trying to get to a draft pick, if you're trying to get to a really good draft class, I understand that. Baseball, I could somewhat understand having a gap year, but it's 162 games. Football, you can't have a gap year. It's 17 games, and there's no rule, or there's nothing that prevents your star from getting hurt. Let's say, and this is not going to happen, let's say the Commanders go, they're the worst team in the league, they go get Caleb Williams, and then Caleb Williams breaks his leg the first play, and here you have this season lined up for next year. And the reason why I'm saying this is, it feels like Josh Harris and everybody's like, ah, we're fine. The fans are just happy we're here. We're good. We don't have to do anything. We know that next year we're going to get rid of Ron Rivera. So, like, why not just wait till next year? But in this sport, you can't do that. You just can't have it where you're just saying, well, let's do it next year. Because next year, let's say you keep Chase Young. What, what happens if Chase Young breaks his leg? What happens if Jonathan Allen breaks his arm? Like, what happens if a physical sport, physical things start happening, and then all of a sudden what? You're going to be like, oh, let's just go next year. Let's just go next year. So, to me, this team, who's sitting at one game below 500, shouldn't be thinking about next year and should be doing things to, to rev the engine for this year. And how do you rev the engine a little bit? You can't, I mean, you're not going to be able to change people. You go and you fire the coach. Fire a coach. I don't care if it's a special teams coach. You have to, somebody has to fall on the sword for what this has been so far. You can't lose to the Bears at home, and you can't lose to the Giants in, in New York. You just can't. You absolutely cannot. Because now you're at home against the Eagles. It's not going to be a home game. It's going to be about 50-50 in terms of the fans. Uh, you play at New England. That's always a tough place to play. New England looked good against Buffalo. Then you play at Seattle. That's always a tough place to play. Then you get the Giants at home, and then it's Thanksgiving, and you're in Dallas. And then you host the Dolphins. Then you have the bye week, and you play Rams and Jets and Niners and Cowboys. And you expect me, or you expect the players, to sit there and just be okay with the fact that Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio are still there? I bet if you took the players, and if you put them in a room, and you gave them true serum, and you guaranteed them it wouldn't get back to Ron Rivera, I would say at least half of them don't want to play for him anymore. And certainly don't want to play for Jack Del Rio. Like, it's just one of those things where it's early, so maybe they're not completely checked out. But good luck if they keep losing in a couple weeks. And so let's go. So this was uh, J.P. Finley was in the locker room after the game yesterday. And he was talking to Jonathan Allen. And you may not necessarily understand everything that Jonathan Allen's saying because there's a lot of bleeps. But this feels like it's the sentiment that's currently in the locker room. They whooped our ass. Plain and simple. Got to be better. Anything they did that surprised you guys early on? No, I want to say so. I think it's just a lack of focus on our part, a lack of attention to detail, not starting fast, and creating holes that are too big for us to overcome in the second half. Does it get frustrating when that Yes, it does. I'm f***ing tired of this f***ing tired of this bullshit. It's been seven years of the same shit. Tired of this What can you do now going forward to get it turned around? Get our minds right and get ready to play f***ing Philadelphia. I mean, there was, there was a lot of beeps in there. A lot of unairable words. I think we covered all seven of the of um, George Carlin. The seven words George Carlin said that you can't say on the radio. Is that right, George Carlin? Yep. Yep. 
Yeah, he said there's, I think, seven words you can't say in the radio. I think we heard all seven of them there. Well, we didn't. We had beeps there, but I think you got the gist of it. But, like, I feel like that's what the locker room's feeling right now. They go, they get ready as the week goes along, and then they get put in bad situations. And I thought it was interesting that I was listening to Kevin Sheehan today, and I'll, you know, I might try and get Kevin on maybe Thursday or Friday. And Kevin was talking about, Kevin doesn't agree with my sentiment that they hired uh, Eric Bieniemy to move him over a space, um, to move him over to, to head coach next year. He doesn't agree with that, so I'll be interested to kind of bring that up with him if the next time I have him on. Um, but I, I really do think they made sure to put Ron Rivera in a bad situation. But Ron Rivera's not helping himself out either. You, you just you can't lose that game yesterday. Now on the flip side, if you guys know a larger non-hokey Tyrod Taylor fan than me, I'd love to meet that person. Probably people in, in Tyrod's family. I mean, I'm happy for Tyrod. That's my guy. I've been a Tyrod guy for years. I've made the jokes about Tyrod and everything. Like, I've 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 stood by this guy for years. He just makes winning plays. 18 to 29, 279, two touchdowns, no interceptions, 25 yards rushing. He just makes winning plays. And it gives you one of the and this is not going to be a wide-scale what-if, but one of the largest what-ifs that we could have in the NFL is what happens to Tyrod Taylor's career if those idiot doctors for the Chargers don't puncture his lung, and then that causes Justin Herbert to come in, and Justin Herbert becomes what Justin Herbert is, a younger Kirk Cousins. Like, what happens if Tyrod Taylor continues on his track in Chargerland? I mean, they're not going to keep him, but maybe he plays good enough that his next contract is a large one, and then now he's still starting in the NFL. He's only 34. His numbers that he put up that year with the Chargers were pretty good until he got hurt. I was happy for Tyrod. I was not happy for the Commanders fans, but I was happy for Tyrod. Uh, 3270-888, that is the phone number, that is the text line. 804 is the area code. I just... I just think it's going to get worse before it gets better. And then you like you may pity fire Jack Del Rio in a couple weeks, but it's too late. You should have done it after the Chicago game. Should have done it after the Chicago game. And you know what? If I'm the commanders, I'm thinking long and hard about trading Chase Young. Long and hard. What's the point of having a really great defensive line if the rest of your defense is terrible? Like, what's the point? You know, the Eagles have a great defensive line, but they have a great secondary. Linebackers are a work in progress. Um, and they have a great offense. You look at some of the other great defensive lines in the NFL, the Cowboys. They have a pretty good secondary, pretty good linebackers, good defensive line. The Commanders have a great defensive line and nothing else. So I would 100% consider trading Chase Young next week. I think it's next week is the deadline. So maybe to your Ravens. Maybe the Ravens need uh, Chase Young. We'll take him. Uh, I think a lot of teams would take Chase Young. The problem is you're going to have to pay him after the season ends. I, I think that if you do trade for Chase Young, you're going to have to take care of his deal uh, as soon as it's done. But I would seriously, you could get a second, maybe a first or a second and a fourth for Chase Young. You could get something for him. But I just, I, I don't know. I, I, there's no need trade Jonathan Allen, whatever. Trade trade Deron Payne, whatever. You don't need all these guys if you're just gonna have a really good defensive line. That's it. 
327-0888. That is the phone number. That is the text line. Let me just look real quick and then we'll break because I know I went long. Uh, where they are in the standing. So the commanders are three and four right now. That is good for the ninth seed. Tied with the Rams, the Saints, uh, the Vikings and Packers are two and four. The Bucks are three and three. So you're ninth. I don't know. With the schedule getting so much tougher, I just... You missed the window. Should have fired him. And now you're stuck. And now your happiness that having a new owner, you're still going to be happy. You're still waking up. Daniel Snyder's not there. Josh Harris. But like, I told you when Josh Harris became the owner, like eventually you're going to not like him. He is a fraud. He is not, he doesn't care about the teams as much as he says. He said all the right things. But in two years, when this team's not doing what it's supposed to, you'll see that Josh Allen, uh, Josh uh, Harris is a fraud. I, more than happy for you guys that you got rid of Daniel Snyder. More than happy. Josh Harris is not the long-term, long-term answer. All right, let's take a timeout. We will uh, take a break. We'll go around the NFL, some other uh, action from the NFL. We'll also go into college, touch on a little baseball as well. So we take you up to 4 o'clock. You're listening to 106.1 ESPN. Big Al doesn't care how the duck is prepped. I don't care if he eats raw duck. Or what anyone thinks. I don't care about what he thinks. But he does care about what you do from 8 to 10 weekday mornings. So spend that time with him on 1061 ESPN. Welcome back. 1061 ESPN. Matt Joseph's here. Uh, Ron Rivera is speaking now. He said regarding his commitment to Ron, uh, to Sam Howe, I'm committed to him and we'll see how things go. I can't predict the future. My focus is on one game at a time. Uh, Cody Barton has a high ankle sprain. Sadiq Charles, a strained calf muscle. Getting MR, Both of them are getting MRIs today. Um, not the position to have a lot of uh, injuries, the offensive line, against the Eagles coming up. That's You want to have as healthy an offensive line as possible. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. This is the first game that this new offensive coordinator, uh, Eric Bieniemy, has seen the same team twice. This is the second time. Um, this is the second time that they'll see the Eagles. What will be different on both sides? I, I think the I think the Eagles are there to be upset only because of the situation coming off the emotional Miami game in which they heard how great Miami was, and then Dallas is at home next week. So you got that sandwich spot there. But Washington has to take advantage of it. Washington has to take advantage of it. The line has opened up. Uh, it came off the board yesterday because Jalen Hurts got seemingly was hurt playing that game, and then it came back up, and it's the Eagles minus six and a half. I'd probably look at the Commanders plus six and a half, but I'm also a a person who fades the Eagles, and b somebody who foolishly and stubbornly keeps thinking Washington's going to not suck. Um. So yeah, uh, text message. Matt, does yesterday's um, uh, showing from the Ravens? Uh, does yesterday's mailing from the Ravens show if Detroit is really a dark horse team? You could say the same for Miami and how they've lost both of their games to Buffalo and Philly. Are they really contenders or pretenders, Mike? All right, so let me start with the Ravens. I mean, let me yeah, let me start with the uh, the Ravens. I think the Ravens are good. I obviously have thought the Ravens were good all year. Um, I'm not ready to say that this means the Lions are bad. Uh, because remember, the Lions win the Kansas City and won. Like, that's a better win than probably... That's probably the best win anybody's had this season. They went into Kansas City and won. Um, they've beaten the Falcons. They went into Green Bay on a short week and won. So it's not like they've beaten nobody. 
I think the Lions just had a bad game. I think the Lions ran into a buzzsaw. I think the Lions ran into a hostile atmosphere, a Lamar Jackson that threw the ball really well. You know, you can you can beat the Ravens if Lamar's not throwing it well. Because if you can force him to be runner Lamar, then that's better. The Lions didn't get any pressure on him, and he became throwing Lamar, and he was really good. As we just talked about during the break, AJ and I, like, let's see Lamar do it again next week. Let's see him do it the week after. Obviously, I have high expectations for the Ravens, but no, I'm not ready to jump off the Lions bandwagon. Uh, The Dolphins? I mean, look, here's the thing about the Dolphins. The Dolphins had the same thing. Last year, everybody said the Eagles were overrated. The Eagles didn't play anybody. I mean, it didn't matter because they made it to the Super Bowl, so technically all those people were wrong. But they looked at the schedule and they said, well, the Eagles lost this game, this game, this game, and, you know, they were a fraud. Clearly they were not. The Dolphins, we've already looked. I mean, the, the Dolphins' schedule this year is really easy. If you look at all the um, all the games that the Dolphins have won, uh, won this year, it's against nobody. They've beaten uh, the Chargers, who are terrible, the Patriots, who are terrible, the Broncos, who are terrible, uh, the Giants, who are terrible, and the Panthers, who are terrible. That's their wins. You know, I was worried because the Eagles had several guys out in the secondary, and Tua is really good at picking people apart. But games like this show, ultimately, if you have the best line play, you're going to win 9 out of 10 times. The Eagles have the best offensive line in football. I'll argue they have a top 3 defensive line in football. And they just blocked everything Miami did. And they attacked Tua and made him not be able to sit in the pocket and just, you know, pat the ball, pat the ball, pat the ball. So that's what happened. Tyree Kill's great. Tyree Kill's super. He's the fastest player I've ever seen. The touchdown that Tua threw to Tyree Kill was amazing. Right? Drop in the bucket. Perfect. But if you play physical with them and certainly take away the run game, the Dolphins are nothing. They're absolutely nothing. But you could say that for a lot of teams in the NFL. You take away the run game, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard. Um I am do I think the Dolphins are good? Yeah, I think the Dolphins are good. They also didn't have uh um uh Xavier Howard, they didn't have Jalen Ramsey, they lost another guy during the game. I think they're better than they played yesterday. Do I think they're going to win the AFC? I think Kansas City's better. I think Baltimore's better. Um, I think that... trying to think. Uh, Cincinnati's better. I think those three teams are all better than Miami. I think the Jets could be if they got healthy. I think the Jets could be. Because the Jets will play physical defense. They'll win the front line. Uh, the Dolphins play the Patriots at home. They probably will win that game, and then we'll see. Week 9, Kansas City on the road. No, excuse me, in Germany. Awesome. We take one of we export one of our best games to Germany. I, I, I hate doing that. We exported our best game, what, three years ago to Mexico when it was that Kansas that Chiefs-Rams game? It was more than three years ago. I feel bad because it, it was a, it's a Chiefs home game that's now being played in, in Germany. That's a game you would love to play in Kansas City, and maybe they will during the postseason. The Dolphins have one, two, three, four, five, six tough games left. We'll see how they do. But yes, the shine is off Miami. As ironically, the NFL announces today that they're the hard knocks team in season. Probably because everybody loves uh, McDaniel. Um, But yeah, 
I'm not one of these people who's going to overreact to everything. This team loses, so I got to think that they're terrible. This team won, I got to think they're awesome. That's the key when you bet on the NFL. You can't overreact to everything. Now, I mean, look, the Bills have not played well the past couple of weeks. You at least have a nice little three- or four-week window to say, oh, they haven't played very well. They're three and two in their last five, and even in the wins, they haven't been great. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, New England, yeah, they won a game. They're really good. No, I, I, don't, I don't think so. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's the one that's interesting. I know we got a lot of Steelers fans. I know if Espo's listening. I don't know what to make of the Steelers. Steelers have a minus 24-point differential. They've only scored 103 points in six games. But yet they won. There was mass carnage in my survivor pool. I think the second, third, and fifth pick teams all lost. I mean, I'm still in it, but I almost considered the Rams at home against the Steelers. The Steelers don't have any offense. Their defense is just good enough, and they're getting lucky. They're 4-2. and two. I would put them below the Dolphins, although I think that they would smack the Dolphins in the mouth, and it's just what, you know, could the Dolphins slow down the Steelers' offense, which I would think they would. Oh, yeah, I forgot Jacksonville. Jacksonville's better than the Dolphins, too, probably. Although Jacksonville's defense, eh. Uh, three two seven zero eight eight eight. that is the phone number, that is the text line, 804 is the area code. We've got Monday Night Football tonight. It's uh, the 49ers without Debo, and they banged up Christian McCaffrey versus Captain Kirk on Monday Night Football. Uh, I'll tell you this. Captain Kirk to throw an interception tonight, not a bad bet. Not a bad bet. To uh, I'm looking it up now. I do love how Pro Football Reference has all the splits for everything. Um Pulling up Captain Captain Kirk is two and ten on Monday Night Football. Two and ten. He has seventeen touchdowns, eleven interceptions in twelve games. He's been sacked twenty three times. Two and ten, Monday Night Football. He's four and six on Thursday, zero and one on Friday, but four and zero on Saturday. He's also eleven and nineteen late, time wise. Whatever that means. I'm guessing. This is interesting. He's 7-17 seven and 17 in afternoon games, which I'm guessing is the 4-15 because he's 57-34-1 in early games, which I'm guessing is the 1 o'clock. Afternoons, the 4 o'clock games, he's 7-17. Seven and 17. The late games, I'm guessing, are the Monday night, Sunday night games. He's 11-19. and 19. But people think Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, yeah. Kirk Cousins has thrown an interception tonight. That's my wager for tonight. As always, go small, please. I've been wrong plenty on this show if you do decide to bet it. And plus, if the juice is ridiculous, don't bet it. It's not worth it. But I think Captain Kirk to force one to the opposition against a really good defense on Monday Night Football is a good place to go because, hello, 49ers are a really good defense. I would never lay that much, that many points on the road, but I think they're going to win tonight. Maybe you do a money line parlay with uh, one of your favorite baseball teams tonight. Whether you think the Phillies are going to win, the Astros, whoever. Um, maybe do a money line parlay with the 49ers and your favorite baseball team tonight. Or your favorite hockey team, although there's only one hockey game tonight, Montreal and Buffalo. Uh, and then I believe, AJ, NBA starts tomorrow. Is that right? NBA tomorrow? Yes, sir. There it is. A little NBA action tomorrow. Doubleheader, Lakers and Denver, Phoenix and Golden State. Are you excited? 
Very, but uh, I, the Lakers are going to lose the first game. I know it. Oh, you think so? They're only five-point underdogs. I I just think Austin Reeves is going to take a step back. Oh, okay. Well, we'll see. So two games tomorrow, a whole bunch on Wednesday, and then two on Thursday. By the way, I only say that because that's my luck. I have no reason to believe Austin won't be lights out. He played good in the... Uh, There's tape on him now. There's tape on him. But he's got LeBron. So and he's got AD until AD gets hurt. That'll take some pressure off. We'll see. Uh, so the NBA season gets underway tomorrow. Uh, let's take a timeout. Coming up, we'll uh, switch things over. Talk a little college football. A good weekend here in the state. Uh, we'll see what happens. And um, ooh, a trade in the NFL. I'm happy about it because it involves my team. We'll tell you what that is next. You're listening to 1061 ESPN. This weekend, the Spiders play host to a CAA newbie, the Fightin' Campbells of Campbell University. Our coverage begins Saturday afternoon at 3, here on your exclusive home for the Richmond Spiders, 1061 ESPN. Welcome back. 1061 ESPN, Matt Joseph's here. Uh, the Titans are trading Kevin Byard, who's their all-pro safety, to the Eagles for a fifth and a sixth and Terrell Edmonds. So the former Hokie going to the Tennessee Titans as part of the trade. That's a shame. Did you see did you see the video on Twitter of Terrell Edmonds and DeAndre Swift sitting right behind home plate and Bleacher Report mic'd them up during the Phillies game. It was like game three. It was I so it was so wholesome. It was two guys who I don't think have been to a lot of baseball games. It was a very wholesome conversation. And Terrell Edmonds is like, yeah, I need to go to another baseball game. Now he's not going to be able to until next I year. I like that we're miking up other Swifts. Yes, I like that we're focusing on other Swifts as well. Um, but yes, the Eagles are getting a safety, an all-pro safety. I don't know why anybody picks up the phone when Howie Roseman calls. I just don't. Like, can we not? I mean, I'm fine with it. This is good. But, like, why do teams pick up the phone when Howie Roseman calls? I would just hang up. I'd be like, sir, don't want to hear from you. Sir? No. Um. Also... Got a text here from Corey who says he's going with this tonight. Same game parlay on FanDuel. San Francisco plus five and a half, under 57 and a half, and then Brock Purdy, 200 plus passing yards. I'm guessing it's a heavy teaser there because San Francisco is a seven point favorite and the total is 43. So it looks like he's heavily teasing both of them. I, I'm not a parlay guy. I never will be a parlay guy. My parlays are very small if I ever do them. Um, but good luck with that. I mean, I don't. I, I think this this game screams like 27-13 tonight. I don't see San Francisco losing. Of course, I, I didn't see them losing in Cleveland. Um, but I think that San Francisco wins tonight. If you want to do a teaser, do a six-point teaser. Tease San Francisco down to minus one. And then look at next week. Ram uh, Dallas is a six and a half point favorite against the Rams. You tease that down to a half. You could take the you could take the 49ers again. Uh, actually, maybe not. The 49ers are a five and a half point favorite against Cincinnati. Um, Detroit's an eight point favorite against the Raiders. There's other things you can do if you want to or, or or tease the NBA. If you think the Lakers are gonna get crushed, tease the Denver team. I don't know. Isn't Purdy dealing with an injury? Uh I think he was. Uh that he will not have Debo tonight. No Debo. He's hurt. That's Pre- a risky uh, bet for Purdy. Was it over 250? 200. 200 might be somewhat safe. But. We'll see. Um, but yeah, 
Um, no, no Debo tonight. Christian McCaffrey's hurt. He's going to play, it looks like, but I don't know. I don't recommend teasers. Good luck on your bet, though. Good luck. Yeah, exactly. Good luck on your bet, Corey. Um, got another text that says, do I think the Browns are a playoff team? Ask me, depends on what week. They should have lost yesterday. They called that horrific pass interference in the end zone on, on Indianapolis. They should have lost. Browns are not a good football team. They're 4-2. and two. They only have a plus 19. We talked about the Steelers were minus, 20, minus 24. The Browns are plus 19 when it comes to the point differential. I'm not a Browns guy. I don't like Deshaun Watson. Um, they play in Seattle next week. That's a tough game. They host the Cardinals. They ho- they play at Baltimore, and they host the Steelers. That's their next four games. We'll see how – ask me after that. Then I'll tell you because there's still six weeks left, seven weeks left. I, I, it depends. The Browns are good some weeks. The Browns are bad other weeks. Um, All right, college football. Congratulations to the flagship. 25th in the poll. I love it. I, I just I want them to keep winning just so the NCAA looks worse and worse and worse. I want some of these other teams that are undefeated to keep lose to lose, like Air Force and everything. So like I want JMU to just be by far the best group of five team. And then the NCAA just looks terrible. By the way, their game this weekend, ESPNU against Old Dominion, they are a massive favorite. In that game. Congratulations to ODU on the win. They went over their three and a half win uh, total before the season. Um, I don't see the Old Dominion winning this game. It's on ESPNU. They have already announced that next week's game against Georgia State down in Atlanta is on ESPN2 or ESPNU. So here's the thing. As CAA plays games on Flow Sports, JMU, ESPNU or ESPN2, ESPNU, ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU, ESPNU, NFL Network. Where's Richmond's games? Not picking on Richmond. I'm picking on the conference. Flow Sports. I don't know. ESPN 17. I just... It, it, it couldn't have worked out any better other than the NCAA being foolish and not letting JMU go to a bowl game this year. Yeah, you're not picking on number two Richmond, that is? No, I exactly. Exactly. Richmond won another game. It's tremendous. North Carolina A&T does not belong in this conference. They don't have a passing touchdown yet this year. I think Bob said they have not thrown for over 100 yards yet this year. Like North Carolina A&T does not belong in this conference. And I wish, when we're doing this realignment stuff, I wish we would start thinking about on the field. Because what's, I assume, obviously, the paycheck for North Carolina A&T to make the jump was worth it. But, like, is it worth it for this team to lose every week and just play badly and just not match up with anybody? Not taking anything away from Richmond because, obviously, they had to go and win that game. They had to go and take care of business in a game that they knew they were better than the other team by a lot. But, like, I feel bad for North Carolina A&T. They lost by 23 to Villanova. They lost by 15 to Delaware. They lost by 24 to Elon. They just they don't belong in this conference talent-wise. But it's great for Richmond. The only thing that's going to hurt them is that they're beating up a lot of the bottom of this conference. If they don't win the conference, will that help their playoff bid? They're in second place. Delaware's 4-0. Richmond, Elon, 4-1. Albany and Villanova, 3-1. Campbell, 3-2. William & Mary is 2-2. So, I mean, it's great standings-wise. I'm just saying for the JMU side of things, they're on TV more than, as the great Pete Gillen would say, leave it to Beaver reruns. 
Uh, they also announced today they're going to head to Louisville in 2025, and their matchup with Virginia Tech has been pushed back a season to 2026. Louisville's paying JMU a million dollars for that game. Um, they're now and they're getting eight hundred thousand dollars from Virginia Tech. That's the other great thing. JMU's now getting paid to go to places and win. That's awesome. Uh, great win for Virginia. I mean, listen, I've I've said a lot of things about Virginia, and most of them have been worthy of being said. But going into Chapel Hill and winning that game, bravo for Richmond uh, for Virginia. I, you know. Tony Musket has proven me wrong in terms of me saying that Calandria should have been the quarterback all along. Tony Musket has been good. 20 of 30, 208 yards, one touchdown, one interception, uh, 12 rushes for 66 yards. He's just done what he had to. Now the question is, can can Virginia build off that? Can they keep winning? Is this a one-off? They play at Miami this week. Miami coming off the win over Clemson. I still think Virginia is good for three or four wins. But, I mean, this is a program that's very happy right now. They come off the bye week after beating William Mary. They get the win at North Carolina. I don't think they're going to win in Miami, but who knows? We'll see. The defense did what it had to, forced some stops, did what it, you know, did what we kind of have seen from Virginia teams in the past. Drake May had a bad interception. Good win for Virginia. And a good weekend for Tech because they didn't have to lose. Number five. Exactly. Um, so this week for college football, this is a good week. Liberty's at Western Kentucky on Tuesday. That is the matchup in the Conference USA. Liberty, a five-point favorite. Thursday night, we get Blacksburg alive. Virginia Tech only a three-point favorite against Syracuse. I will not be at that game. Will not. I'm not giving Syracuse any money, attention, anything. Who's winning? Come on. Tech's winning. For Syracuse is bad. This is where Syracuse... Syracuse does this thing where they like to win a bunch of games at the start of the season, and then they go... Fall off the cliff. Us Hurricane fans know about that. You do. Canes are 18.5 point favorites against Virginia. JMU is an 18 point favorite over ODU. And that is all the state lines in the FBS. Some large numbers there. Large numbers. ODU got another win. That's tremendous. Are they going to get one this set? No, come on. Come on. JMU's going to win this game. I, I, JMU, I mean, there's probably one more opportunity for a loss for JMU, maybe two. Uh, home ODU at Georgia State, that'll be tough. Home UConn, home App State at Coastal Carolina. There's two opportunities for losses there. Um. I just want them to go undefeated. I want them to go and, and and make this a national story that they're not going to a bowl game. I do too, but there's one little producer running around here that I sort of want him to get a Christmas gift and have Old Dominion win. I think it'd be funny watching him the next week. Robert would not know what to do with himself, but no, I do not. We do not. I love. We love our ODU fans, but like this is a JMU show. This is a JMU show. Right here. Like, I don't, I don't even care. We're not on the Syracuse show anymore. This is a JMU show. Although, Kurt Signetti will be on with Bob on Thursday. Um, spread the wealth. We'll have somebody else on this week from, from JMU. Um, I, this is, I want that. I just, it's a story. And, like, the rumblings are starting. Like, they're starting. But, like, as they keep winning, it'll start getting louder and louder. 
My out-of-state people are talking about them. I, I mean, they did very well on their ESPN appearance. And as I said on Friday, if I'm the Sun Belt, I say screw you the NCAA and have JMU play in the title game. I don't know what would happen. They definitely will not be doing that. But, um, yeah. I mean, I, furthermore, if I'm the team that wins it, I wouldn't I wouldn't play the game. I wouldn't hold the trophy up. Well, that's now they'll they'll hold the trophy up, but like there should be a like unfurling of like a JMU flag or something. Like, hey, we know we're here. Should be James Madison. We enjoy the championship. Thanks so much. Just like last year. Uh quickly to, to the national college football. Um Michigan got a win. This whole Michigan like sign stealing thing. I'm be very unhappy if they're sign stealing against like half these teams on their schedule because they're they're better than everybody they've played so far. But it's over previous years. Ohio State looked terrible against Penn State. I loved the Penn State side of me that despises Penn State loved it. The side that despises Ohio State hated it, although they didn't look very good. Uh Florida State did well. I don't know who's gonna be the Heisman. Michael Panix just had a touchdownless game. It could be JJ McCarthy. Uh, Texas, Quinn Ewers is out. He's week to week. Um, Alabama gets another nice win. USC, we might see the end of Caleb Williams' career. Uh, he's not going to win the Heisman. USC's not going to make the championship game. Um, Air Force got a nice win over Navy. Air Force poised some chicanery. Their quarterback wasn't supposed to play. He was supposed to be out for quote-unquote a while, and he suits up and wins the game. When the Air Force is starting to do that stuff, now we now we're we're in trouble here. The good old wholesome academies. That, that was the talk at my sports bar was what was going on with that. They don't do any there's no injuries, there's nothing. Like they're as buttoned up as you can get. And then the guy on Saturday is like, Oh yeah, the guy this Zach Larry is gonna start. Like, what the hell? They're not supposed to lie to us. So good weekend once again in college football. Crazy to think we're at week nine already. Of the college football season. There's still plenty left to go. But, and this weekend, you got the world's largest cocktail party. I'm calling it that because I'm I'm not, I don't care. It's Georgia and Florida. You got Utah and Oregon. Duke and Louisville. And Ohio State, Ohio State and Wisconsin. That's your college football slate for this weekend across the country. Uh, let's take a timeout. We'll do one final segment. You're listening to 1061 ESPN. For the Dallas Cowboys all season is 1061 ESPN. Brought to you by Arthur's Electric and Park and Go. Welcome back. 1061 ESPN, Matt Joseph's here. Uh, final segment. No show tomorrow, just so I can get down to Charlotte. And then uh, Wednesday, ACC basketball. Tremendous ACC basketball. All uh, I don't think it's all of the Virginia and Virginia Tech contingents. I think they each brought three players down, but two players and a coach. Armando Baycott will join us. Um, we'll talk to Jim Laranega. That's one of our favorites. We love Jim. And um, we'll find out about how things are going with him after another great year for Miami last year. Complete honesty, as I like to do, I've done still done no research. I will literally be cramming on my way down there. And we'll be ready. We'll have all sorts of good questions for you. And uh, for any interviews we don't do on Wednesday, you'll find them on the website or you will. Uh, we'll play them on Thursday or Friday, whatever it is. You can go ahead and say you think the Hurricanes are going to win. Win what? Everything. By the way, they took away my ability to vote 
on the preseason teams or whatever. Because apparently, according to the email that I got from the ACC, it's for a select uh, media panel of regional and national media selected by the school's communications departments. So I've lost my ability. But I'll still vote. I'll still put one together. Um, I just, it won't be official. Their loss. It is their loss. How dare they? Because some other idiot has Vanderbilt as the first place team in the SEC one. And because somebody, I think, I forget what the one was. that the, Somebody had, I think, NC State winning the ACC last year in uh, football. So because of some other idiot, I can't vote. I get, I see. I see how it is. Keep the wisdom away from me. It's fine. I will, uh, I will still tell everybody what my order is once I figure out who's on what team. Uh, we'll do that. We'll work on that. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, uh, quickly, my prediction for tonight, Phillies win. And give me the Astros. Because they're going to get the buzzers going. Or the trash cans. And because Max Scherzer ain't very good. Max Scherzer gave up five runs and five hits in four innings last time out against these same Astros. He's given up 12 runs and 11 hits in seven innings against the Astros his last two starts. I got the Phillies and the Astros. That's the World Series for Friday, and that's what we'll hear on 106.1 ESPN, your home for the World Freaking Series. So as I said, no show tomorrow. Uh, Bob will be on. I might call in from down in Charlotte. Uh, and then I'll be on from uh, ACC tip-off on Wednesday. Thanks to AJ for all of his hard work. Don't forget, if you ever miss an interview from our website, Go to our website, ESPNRichmond.com. Whether it's me or it's Al or it's Bob or anybody else, you could go and check things out there. Uh, hopefully, everybody has a tremendous night, a tremendous Tuesday as well. Next time you hear from me, Wednesday down in Charlotte for ACC Tip-Off, we'll be bringing you the basketball coverage, getting you set. You're listening to 106.1 ESPN.